As you may have noticed, the Covert Narcissism podcast has a new look. Well, kind of a new sound. And my producer came to me and and he said, hey, you should charge for a second episode each week. It's like a, a bonus episode, a patron program. And I went, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's not in my heart to charge for these episodes. So I told him, I said, look, we just, we got to find a different way. So instead of charging for a second episode, we're going to open up donations. So if you are finding value in this and you can contribute to our cause, please join us. And as you do, I want to reward you. I, I want to thank you for your, your commitment for this monthly donation. I'm working on a book. And the title of the book is still in the works, but the title I'm liking right now is Grasping Covert Narcissism, subtitled Catching a Ghost. And if you can donate to our cause, I am going to send you the first chapter of this book. To donate, just go to the top of the link at the show notes. It's nice and easy, and it's greatly appreciated. You all are a part of my journey, so please join me if you can. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Will I ever know it if I have a healthy relationship? I think my picker is broken. I'll never date again. You know, I'm finally out of a toxic relationship. And for some, again, it's it's a repeated cycle I will never date again. It's just not worth the risk. You know, how would I ever know the difference between love bombing and the initial excitement of a new relationship anyways? What does healthy actually look like? These are some of the questions that I get asked repeatedly. You know, I'm four years post-divorce and I've never yet even been on a date and I'm not sure that I ever will. Probably, someday, maybe, but maybe not. I do know this, though. I am far healthier than the day I, that I left. I am so much healthier than I ever was. I am way more in touch with who I am and listening to my heart in a way that I never had before. Could I get duped again? Yes. I do believe that could still happen. Covert narcissists are extremely good at what they do. They manipulate, deceive, take advantage of, and absolutely drain their victims. And me, I'm still a giving, self-sacrificing person, believing in the good of others and willing to give the benefit of the doubt. So could I get duped again? Yes, I could. So how do we protect ourselves? How do we keep from being deceived Again, let's start with learning what healthy even looks like in the first place. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. And I want to tell you the audio may sound a little different today, and I do apologize for this. My week has been totally insane. I managed to get the recording of the second episode with my son done, but I just could not get my own episode recorded this week with my producer. So I'm recording it from my own closet. And, you know, why the closets? Because the acoustics are really good in here. So I apologize that the audio is a little different today, but I hope it comes through loud and clear. Many people talk about red flags in dating relationships. 
what exactly is a red flag? These are warning signs that there may be unhealthy or even toxic behaviors or patterns in someone or in the relationship between you and that someone. Well, in this episode, I want to identify some of these red flags, the ones that we see early on and overlook, as well as share what healthy even looks like in the absence of these red flags. One really, really large red flag is the, the statement or the belief that is, I need you. This is in contrast to, I want you. There is a huge difference between needing that someone in your life and wanting that someone in your life. And I want to add to this that I need you goes right along with you need me. You save me and I save you. You complete me and I complete you. These are not healthy and actually set the stage for expectations, manipulations, and toxicity. It sets you up for being their savior in the world, their fixer, their validator, and the one to blame when they struggle. This fix-me mindset makes everything your responsibility. It's your job to fix my mistakes, validate my feelings and emotions, and help me to learn and grow. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to work against you every step of the way. One simple sign that this mindset might be in play for you is the names for that person in your phone. Is it just their name, simply them? Or is it a name such as emotional supporter or lifeline? These, to me, are red flags. You see, healthy relationships are not based on I need you. They're based on I want you. It isn't that you complete me, but rather that you simply enhance who I am. This is a person who enriches your life. They see you for who you are, not trying to fix you, but rather holding space for you. You continue to learn and grow as an individual, responsible for your own life, while enjoying this person being a part of your life. The intense need mindset drives a toxic relationship to be an addictive relationship. This need becomes powerful. I cannot function without you and the belief of you cannot function without me. The fear of abandonment takes over and becomes really strong. This is part of the reason why some covert narcissists are so incredibly clingy and jealous. They become extremely controlling of you and how you spend your time and energy, and you feel powerless to end the relationship or to even do anything about it. You simply cannot take space for yourself. Any attempts to do so are met with such great resistance and make you so incredibly uncomfortable that it's simply not worth the price. Healthy relationships do not function like an addiction. This relationship is an honor and a privilege, but it remains a choice. The trust that is readily available allows both individuals safety 
and security, not panic and clinginess. You give each other the space to be yourselves. That includes having other people and activities in your life, things that exist outside of your relationship, but you're not threatened by it. Add to this in a healthy relationship that you know as an individual that even if the relationship were to end, that you would still be okay. The end of the relationship is not a threat to your identity and existence. It's something that you want and desire, but it's not something that you need in order to function or exist. That addictive nature of the toxic relationship makes you willing to pay a very high price for the dopamine hits that come from it. What kind of a price? Betraying oneself to keep peace? Sacrificing your own needs to receive love? Not only doing this, but doing so while completely justifying your own actions with excuses. But you see, in healthy relationships, each individual still fulfills their own needs. Let me say that again. In a healthy relationship, the individuals fulfill their own needs. Many health experts agree that you, as an individual, are 90% responsible for your own physical health. 90%. Your actions, what you eat, what you drink, whether or not you exercise, your sleep habits, the management of your stress level, and so on. These are your responsibility, not the doctor's or anyone else's. Well, this is also true of your mental, emotional, and psychological health. You are responsible for your own health. Your spouse is not. Your parents are not. Your children are not. Your friends are not. Just you. In healthy relationships, each member takes care of their own needs, their own growth, their own health. The I need you mindset leads to all sorts of problems, such as the intense need to have all of your happiness for themselves. You see, a toxic person is really stingy with your happiness, they want it all. A covert narcissist is jealous of your happiness when it does not revolve around them. They would rather your unhappiness that revolves around them than happiness that has nothing to do with them. They simply will not give you the space to be happy about anything else. And keeping peace with them requires that you sacrifice that happiness. You have to sacrifice your own feelings. I'll give you an example of this. One evening, our boys were happily playing in the living room, and they had a box, just a simple cardboard box. And, you know, as a parent, I used to laugh that we never needed the toys that were inside the box for the kids. We just needed the box. But they were having all sorts of fun with it, and one boy was inside of it. The other one had closed it, was placing all sorts of toys and such on top of it. And the one that was inside would then burst through the top, and the toys would go flying, and they were just thrilled and, and laughing in delight. Well, when their dad came in the room and saw their game, he simply could not let it be. He couldn't just let them play. He had to get involved. 
He couldn't just let them enjoy their own happiness. And so now when one boy was inside the box, he actually placed a kitchen chair on top of the box, a a big kitchen chair, more or less trapping our youngster inside. And now when they tried to burst through, they could not. Even though the one on the outside of the box objected, their dad just had completely taken over their game. Not only did he prevent the burst from the box, he then completely prevented any escape from the box entirely, keeping his son trapped inside for an uncomfortable period of time. By the time, by the time our son emerged from the box, he was quite upset, and he wanted to quit. The game was over. Of course, my husband could not understand why they wouldn't let him play, too. And I find myself explaining to a full-grown man how to play nicely with others. You see, they can't just let the happiness be. He couldn't just let his kids be happy and enjoy watching them be happy because it had nothing to do with him. He had to be in the middle of it. In a healthy relationship, your partner is excited for your happiness. Think about, you know, if, uh, your genuine positive reaction when your spouse came home with good news. And here I'm talking about, like, you know, early in the marriage when you were still connected to your own genuineness and, and still, you know, showing you. So he, he or she comes home f- from work with good news. Maybe it's a bonus at work. Or maybe there's a visit of a family member that they haven't seen in a while, and they come home and they're excited. Were you happy for them? genuinely excited for them? Did you get that same genuine happiness back when something positive happened in your world? What would it have looked like if you had? And I think you know the difference. And if you had, you probably wouldn't be here listening to my podcast. Think of, you know, friendships that you have. Have you ever had one who is just genuinely happy for you when you get good news? And then you're eager to share, you know, their happiness when they have good news. It's mutual. But have you ever had one of those friends who always seems to undercut your happiness? To sabotage it? Well, you're here listening to my podcast, so you have. But I know for a lot of you, it's your spouse. But they burst your bubble saying things like, well, that's no big deal. Or it won't last. Or, you know, I wouldn't get your hopes up. You don't feel supported. So over time, what happens? You quit sharing your happiness with them. And you lose your interest in their happiness too. Right there is one of those differences between a healthy relationship and a toxic one. In a toxic relationship, you have no emotional freedom. You have no space to be happy. But you have no space to be sad, angry, frustrated, playful, anything. No space is safe, so you don't have the freedom to be you. However, in a healthy relationship, like I've said, partners appreciate each other's happiness, but they also give space for other feelings, too. There's respect for each other's personal space. There's respect for their time with friends and family, commitments to hobbies, spending time alone, and so on. Go back to my example about the boys playing with the box. Instead of making that game about 
themselves, you know, an unhealthy parent, instead of making that game about themselves, a healthy parent enjoys the fact that the kids have been creative and they're enjoying some simplified pay, I'm sorry, simplified playtime. And they're enjoying it with each other. As a mom, I certainly did not want to interrupt this playtime. It was already too rare and definitely needed. A healthy parent doesn't make it about them. So in this relationship with a covert narcissist, you have no emotional freedom, no emotional safety. And yet at the same time, you are on a crazy emotional roller coaster. Things seem to come out of nowhere. Strong reactions, accusations, and lots and lots and lots of victim role-playing. These emotional reactions of theirs are unpredictable and go through extreme highs and lows. You are always on edge because you just never know what you're going to get. Relationships that are emotional, emotionally healthy, they're built on emotional safety. You have stability and predictability. Sure, they're up and down. Every relationship is. But these ups and downs happen around reasonable events. The unexpected death of a loved one might raise stress levels and cause some instability, sure. But moving the stapler doesn't. Okay, emotions are more closely aligned with current situations and they make more sense. They're more predictable. Ultimately, in a relationship with a covert narcissist, emotions are avoided completely. Both good emotions and bad ones. They simply are not safe, so they're buried deep inside and they're just plain turned off. Spouses do this, and so do the kids. I would say that tough conversations are avoided, but in reality, most, if not all, conversations are avoided. Because no topic is safe. You feel you're walking on eggshells all the times, and even chats that should be simple are major ordeals. Two hours later, you have no clue what you're talking about or how you ever got to this point. You are over-apologizing, over-explaining, over-defending, and so on. In a healthy relationship, you, you're eager to converse with them. You're eager to talk to them. Important conversations, even the difficult ones, are not avoided. In fact, they're a priority, and they're safe. They're a priority because they need to happen. And they're doable because they're safe. I've got a good friend who actually is uh, in, a, in a healthy marriage. She's in a very healthy marriage. And I asked her, so what does it look like when you and your husband have to have a you know, tough conversation? Or when you disagree, what does that look like? Do you guys ever get mad at each other? And she said, sure, we get mad at each other. Of course we disagree. I said, okay, so what does that look like for you? She said, well, to begin with, no one starts from a point of defensiveness. Wow, what a line. No one starts from a point of defensiveness. It's a tough conversation, or we have a tough conversation, and we both know it's going to be a tough conversation. But if nobody's defensive, it's okay. We can have a tough conversation. We're on the same team. She said, defensiveness just isn't where we go. Not at the beginning, middle, or end of the conversation. So it's just safe to talk. So to get a picture of what healthy really looks like, I want you to take the covert narcissism checklist. And if you don't have that checklist, join my mailing list. Okay, I'll send it to you. That checklist is, you know, that mailing list is on covertnarcissism.com. 
go on there and sign up for my mailing list. For each trait on that checklist, think of what the opposite would look like. One of the traits is hiding behind a facade of sincerity. Well, what's the genuine deal look like? I think you know the difference. You know, my son, on this last episode he just recorded, he made the comment of, you know, when you've been living around manipulation, you know what manipulation is. Absolutely. And then you know what not manipulation is. You do know. You know what genuineness feels like. You know what genuineness looks like. You know it when you see it. One of the traits is hypersensitivity. So easily hurt. So what's the opposite of this? Well, the opposite of this is what my friend was talking about when the defenses don't go up. You're just able to openly talk about, you know, whatever. You're, everybody's able to talk about their own shortcomings, their room for growth. It's being vulnerable is okay because nobody's got their porcupine quills up. One of the traits is focused on the victim role. The opposite of this? Focused on what I can learn, how I can grow, how I can improve, how I can be more caring. And when you see this in other people, you know it. You know it. You know it. You feel it. You sense it. Trust your instincts. Another trait, no genuine apologies, no reconciliation. Well, what's the opposite of that? Being able to meet in the middle. Take some ownership as well as giving you the space to safely take some ownership. That word being safely. Gaslighting, one of the huge traits of covert narcissism. What's the opposite look like? Recognizing that you have a different perspective from them. Not downplaying it or making you feel bad for it. Simply giving you the space to have a different perspective from them. Again, safely. How about a feeling of entitlement? The opposite of that is a feeling of gratitude. Thanks for spending that time with me. When somebody says that to you, not in a sulky, manipulative way, you know it. What's it sound like when somebody says it in that manipulative way? Well, thanks for spending that time with me. You can tell right there that those words are manipulative and have some hidden agenda behind them. But somebody says, hey, thanks for spending that time with me. That's real. That's genuine. You know genuine when you hear it. Listen to it. Don't disregard your own instincts, your own gut. You know the difference. Trust yourself. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.